0: Hey d d
1: fam, I'm Quick. And I'm Lee, and you're listening to Divas, divas and
0: Duckets. So what is a diva? I think divas get a bad rep, but to me, diva is all about the attitude. As for ducats,
1: it's your finances, your assets, Skrilla, Guap, your coin. We're talking all things with the potential to affect your pockets. And while we're
0: attorneys by trade, we are divas by choice. Divas and Duckets is for entertainment purposes.
1: Y'all, we are not Series 511 <laughs> or 703 professionals. This does not create a financial advisor nope, nope. or attorney-client relationship. The views expressed here are solely our opinions and the opinions of our guests. It's
0: just our opinion, y'all. Okay, okay Divas,
1: let's talk duckets. Talk duckets. Hey Divas
0: and Divos, how are you all? D D fam, can y'all believe we are already into the ninth month of the year? Right? Almost fourth quarter. Whew. Mm. Yes. Well, welcome back. We're here.
1: We're glad you're back here with us, and we are excited for another episode. We're starting our leaving a legacy theme because we think it's important. Not only to cultivate and do the best you can with your coins, Mm -hmm. but also leave them in good hands and be a good steward with what you do have for future generations, right? So we're talking today with a subject matter expert, an attorney at law, about wills and estate matters, because like it or not, all of us one day will perish. We will die. And so we need to make sure that we're doing um, all the things that we need to do to make sure that we've decided how we want our assets to uh, transfer Mm -hmm. and just keep. A lot of that family drama that people that you see when people die without a will from happening. Just prevent some of that, you know. Mm-hmm. All right, but first we're going to get into our community, local business doing big things slash individual because sometimes <laughs> we highlight individuals, mm-hmm. and that segment is known as Boss Bay. And this episode we are featuring Miss Jonay Smith of Not Your Average Artistry LLC. Since being established in 2018, Not Your Average Artistry LLC has been known for its unique custom handmade products. Not Your Average Artistry specializes in making handmade mobiles, chandeliers, and painting unfinished wood pieces. This small business owner prides herself on making every item to the best of her ability and making it as perfect as possible. Mm -hmm. You can find Not Your Average Artistry on Instagram and Facebook at NotYourAverageArtistry. Average artistry that is spelled out. Um, average a v e r a g e. Her website is not youraverageart.com, and that is not your y o u r. Average is abbreviated to abgart.com and her email address is not your average art at
0: gmail.com and that information will be in the episode notes. Yes. Yeah. I've looked at several of Mrs. Jonay's mobile art and mm-hmm. it is beautiful and colorful and I love her theme choices. Yeah. yeah you she will did not be disappointed. Things,
1: mm-hmm. She did a few things for my niece's room and yes. so it's super cute. That it spelled out her name. Yeah. She so, has the
0: rulers. Yes. yes, yes for the little little height She does really, cute, measurements. really cute 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 stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: So, Miss Jonay, Hey, babe. All right. So, let's get into it. Today, we have Attorney Lawrence Wooden and we are excited to have him. He is here to serve all of your estate planning needs. And so... Before you hear him, we wanted to give you a little bio to let you know he knows his stuff.
0: So I'm going to introduce Mr. Lawrence Wooden. Lawrence Wooden is a partner at Wooden, Bowers & Vincent PLLC. Lawrence practices in the areas of employment law, estate planning, personal injury, and civil litigation. He is a native of (laughs) Nolens and attended Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University in Tallahassee, Florida. Where he attained a bachelor's and an MBA. He is committed to working closely with clients to educate and assist them in making informed decisions to help them reach their short-term and long-term goals. Lawrence is a 2013 graduate of the Charlotte School of Law. He became licensed in 2014 and opened his practice with attorney Walter Bowers in 2014. In January 2020, Wooden Bowers merged with Vincent Law Offices to form Wooden Bowers and Vincent PLC. Lawrence has over, over seven years of practical business experience working in different industry segments. Prior to opening the firm, he worked as a finance manager with a property and casualty insurance company, fiscal grant manager with the city of New Orleans, and as a commercial banking underwriter for a large Midwest bank. Outside of practice and law, Lawrence enjoys spending time with his wife and two sons, traveling and watching football and basketball. Say hey, Lawrence.
2: Hey, everybody. How y'all doing today?
0: We're doing good. Thank you for being here.
2: I'm happy to be here with you.
0: We are happy to have you here to discuss this such an important topic of leaving a legacy. I'm specifically talking about wills and estates. Yes, yes. So what we like to do every
1: episode, just because people's stories are so unique and mm-hmm. interesting. And so we just like to hear, like, in your own words, what do you do and how did you get started? Like, did you always know that you wanted to go into practicing law? So, um, I
2: was one of those kids who liked to argue as a child. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always had the family members saying, you always got a rebuttal for everything. Uh. And so, because of that, they said, you need to go to law school. You always got a rebuttal. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I decided I always wanted to go to law school. And after I finished undergrad at Florida A&M, mm-hmm. um, I decided to work for a little while and mm-hmm. then uh, attended law school after that okay um and then we practice in the area of uh estate planning employment discrimination litigation business litigation
1: and mm-hmm. personal injury okay so did you always know you wanted to litigate or did you kind of start off
2: i actually did not always want to litigate i thought i wanted to be a transactional attorney and okay I was, I was working at a bank
3: mm-hmm. i uh
2: used to do underwriting commercial underwriting and we would outsource the loan documents to mm-hmm. attorneys and I would get, get to see their rates mm-hmm. and I looked at what I was making and said oh how do you do this? <laughs> right so, uh, then uh then when I got to law school and started training mm-hmm. um one more to law school you realize how difficult it is to start
1: oh up a practice and just transactional yeah. work yeah
2: but two uh I really wanted to yeah, be able to make more of a difference and help people lives with, with litigation, especially discrimination litigation. So mm-hmm. um, that's why we got into the, into litigation, and then as well as help people's lives and escape planning, especially our community. Right, yeah.
0: right, yeah. And I think it's so funny that you said it. And people's just different reasons for law school. As hard as it is mm-hmm. to hear about people's different reasons for going to law school, because I know um, I was in the evening program in law school, and one of the um, one of my classmates, he actually started going to law school because he was the um, CEO of a. a of credit union mm-hmm. and he was kind of the same way like he was like people were coming in you know lawyers were coming in doing contracts and you know kind of talking over him he was like yeah Right, I need to know what they're talking about, mm-hmm. and I could, you know, so he that's that was his reason for going into law school, which is interesting that you know that kind of put you into transaction law and made you start thinking about that. So, I that's always just like really interesting to me, so far, mm-hmm. you know, because law school is hard, it is, but it's you not know hard, thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's yes. twisted, yes. yes, yes. So, getting to like, like you said in estate planning, um especially in our communities I don't know I think death in general is such a I don't want to call it a taboo topic but it's a people try to avoid the topic yeah um and it, there's really you know I think in our communities by and large we feel like estate planning is for those that are super wealthy mm-hmm. um you know and just like the Bill Gates those those are the people that need estate planning but right. um you know it's such a a misnomer and a a fallacy, really. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when do you think... You, don't be doing this Miss No and she, she be trying to, she be trying to right. come for my she be trying to come for my terms, you know what I'm saying? No, because you act like I'm the dictionary and let me look that up. So, oh Miss and no, love. I be telling my son, brought in vernacular, <laughs> so I'm trying to try to try to be an okay. example. Trying to be an I'm example. Sorry, let me let you continue. So right. oh, um oh, no, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> so when you talk about estate planning, like when should you begin estate planning? Like what it triggers it. Mm-hmm.
2: So, first, let's start. You, you can't start an estate plan, essentially, until you have assets. Okay. Um, and you have to be,
3: basically, over the age of 18, mm-hmm. or I guess you could be emancipated. But okay. So generally, over the age of 18, and, and you want to do it when you have some assets. And, I mean, a simple goal of an estate plan is to
2: dictate how you want your assets to transfer at the time of your death. I mean, that's simple. Mm-hmm. And so, to your earlier point about Needing to be rich or wealthy right. in order to have an estate plan, like you said, it's just not true. Mm-hmm. Um, you just need to have assets in which you own and that you want to give to another person, whether it be your your child or uh, your
3: best friend or mm-hmm. another
2: family member or a charity. Mm-hmm. Um, you just need to have access to the plan,
1: so that's why it's important to have
0: an estate plan yeah. that you can pass on at the time of your death. Mm-hmm. Right, and then also speaking to the importance of um, estate planning, like it's, it's choice, right? Like being able to choose. Kind of talk to like the importance of having it versus kind of what we normally see is what people don't have it. Men and they're fighting. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: Exactly. Exactly. So if you don't have it, right, Every state has a natural order
3: in mm-hmm.
0: which.
2: Uh, people, your your assets are inherited or passed through to your family members. Mm-hmm. And so in North Carolina where we all live, that natural order, which is probably most likely in every other state,
3: mm-hmm. but in
2: North Carolina it passes down to your children if you don't have any children. Um, equally to your children, that is, if you have more than one. If you don't have any children then it goes to your parents. If your parents don't, um, aren't alive anymore then it goes to your sisters and brothers. If they aren't alive anymore then or if you don't have any aunts,
3: uncles, mm-hmm. if you don't have
2: any olds then a, a cousin of some sort.
3: Right. And
2: so that would be the natural order. So if you're a person and these and when I say this is your legal family members, your legal bloodline
3: mm-hmm. which is
2: different than just a natural bloodline or um because they may not be your legal bloodline anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, in case you were adopted or whatnot. So okay. if you're legal okay. bloodline, um, this is that's the legal process. So it, it's important that you figure out your state player because if you're a person mm-hmm. who doesn't want to give your assets to your family members
3: mm-hmm. you're going to
2: need to create this document these documents, yeah. in order to pass it on to some other person mm-hmm.
1: um, that's not in your bloodline. Yeah, yeah, and okay. that's especially important with nowadays with like blended families.
0: Oh yes, mm-hmm. yes, and I, and I also I always like to say, you know, whether or not you create a plan, a plan is being made for you. Yep. So you might <laughs> as well create one that that expresses your wishes. And like you said, especially in you know in this day and age with blended families, mm-hmm. um, especially if you're blending. With the older children, you know, they're not kids that you might not necessarily raise and the whole time you save money, save money for your kids and their estates and are, you know, for their college funds or whatever and you get married, Mm -hmm. natural order is going to be, you know, that wife is going to take something or that husband is going to take something. So Mm -hmm. if that's not your intent, your intent is to protect your children, estate plan. You have to have one. Absolutely. And part
2: of that is, you know, you can't disinherit your spouse. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, they're entitled to a certain percentage mm. that, that escalates uh, depending upon how long you've been married. Okay. So mm-hmm. if you have this expectation that you're going to get married and just leave it to your biological kids from a prior relationship,
1: that's not going to happen. <laughs> um, so it's
2: extremely important that you,
1: you are, uh, articulate in writing mm-hmm. what your wishes are. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, we know North Carolina may or may not be different. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so if you're outside of North Carolina, look into it. But you've heard it here first. In North Carolina, you cannot leave your spouse with nothing.
0: Right, right. <laughs> and and just to clarify that, is that, are you saying by law, like, if if they're intestate, mm-hmm. the spouse will get something. But you could write them out of whatever if they had an estate plan. No, no, no. no. You cannot write your spouse Period. out of the will. Period. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot disinherit your spouse.
2: And so I oh have, um, it's called elective share. Mm-hmm. And so you cannot, you know, five, it separates by five years, um, 10 years, and then 15 years.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So, so you cannot, they
2: get a percentage that escalates uh, between 15% and I believe 50% mm-hmm. between
3: those three
2: mm-hmm. sets. Mm-hmm. So you cannot disinherit your spouse um, in your will. Now, of course, if you've been separated for, you know, 30 years and you never officially got divorced, Mm-mm. then uh, another person may have, be able to articulate, extenuate circumstances.
0: Um, I'm sure that's probably been argued before. I haven't done one personally, but right. I'm sure mm-hmm. that,
2: that has been done before. But uh, but you cannot disinherit your, intentionally
0: disinherit your spouse in your will. Yeah.
1: Well, why leave it up to chance? If you got that aunt and uncle that live in separate rooms, they better uh, go on and write it down.
0: <laughs> yeah, And it's, it sounds like the craziest thing. Like, why would somebody be separated for 20, 30 years and just not get divorced? But, I mean, you have to think about that older generation that mm-hmm. just, it was taboo. Like, you just didn't get divorced, right? Yeah. And you might live in separate houses. You might have whole separate families. Mm-hmm. But y'all are still married, right? I had a client that came to me at a point in time, and that was exactly what happened. She came to me to finally get a divorce, but she had been separated. For 25 years, and what prompted her to do it was mm-hmm. her sister was in the same exact situation, and her sisters her sister passed away, and that uh, separated spouse that they hadn't seen in ages came up, came up, and, and he and he got <laughs> what was his, you know. So, uh, like, it's just mm, it's just super important to do the things that you're supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. can be divorced
2: you know we, we don't deviate a little bit but if you get divorced make sure you take care of everything you need to take care of when you get divorced so that that same situation doesn't happen 20 years down the road right. mm-hmm. and that ex-wife or ex-husband comes back and they able to partake in an asset because you didn't um mm-hmm. legally separate the- the
1: asset like mm. you needed to, mm-hmm. or take certain names off the asset. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's Ooh. a lot. And beneficiaries will get you every time. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, one of the things, like, uh, Quick was saying that a lot of times when we think about estates and mm-hmm. wills and, you know, individuals contesting it, we think about, you know, what was one of the big, like, prints right. not having an, a will. I was really shocked. Like, I really? was Prince? Yeah. Um And so many of us just don't think, you know, I don't have much, but So Mm -hmm. when would you um, suggest people begin estate planning? Like, is there a a time that's too early, or what kind of triggers your need to start when you get a home? Or
2: Yeah, when you get a home, I think when you start
1: attaining assets.
2: Okay.
3: um, Mm -hmm. Especially when
2: you start accumulating things that you cannot um, place a direct beneficiary on. And what Mm -hmm. I mean by that is, you know, life insurance, you place a beneficiary
3: Mm -hmm.
2: on. Mm -hmm. Um, Stock holdings, you can you, know, you can state who you want your beneficiary to be in those particular investments. When you start attaining assets, you know, house, can, the home, you know, cars, mm-hmm. um, other type of business, you know, you start investing in your own personal business, or if you start investing in other businesses of some sort, that's when you need to start doing, to, um, implementing an estate plan.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and then on top of that, when you start having, uh, life events,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, so children, uh, let me go in the order that it's supposed to be marriage, children. Um, but even if you're not married, if you have children, you know, that's important, uh, because within the estate plan, you can, you can discuss and state who you want to take care of your child in the event of something happening to you. Ooh manage your your child's
3: trust and then mm-hmm. if, if something happens to you mm-hmm.
2: so it's important for you to do those things when these when these life events occur and then you want to be able you want to review them every three to five years to ensure that what you've written down is still appropriate for the mm-hmm. time being because things change people change relationships change, right yeah so you want to make sure you review that every three to five years to, be sure that you have the proper people
1: in place. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so, you know, you kind of went through some of the things that generally, I know state to state it varies, but mm-hmm. generally, you know, you need to be of 18. What are some of the other just basic principles um, or things that have to be present for, you know, a will to be valid?
2: So, you definitely need to be over 18. Uh, you have to be of sound mind. You have to be someone who Legally, can make decisions for themselves and not deemed legally incompetent Mm -hmm. or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, You have to know your assets, understand your assets, understand your property. You also have to understand that uh, the the matter what what happened, the effect of your disposition. What I mean by that is, if you have three kids Mm -hmm. and you decide to split all your assets between two of the kids because. One of the children has been a screw-up their whole life.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and you know that it wouldn't benefit your, fam- your your family or your hard work to give that child your asset.
3: Mm-hmm. You know
2: that that child's going to be upset.
3: Mm-hmm. You know?
2: So that kind of reinforces the fact that you have a sound mind that you are realizing you're making this decision.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, understanding also that whoever you decide to manage your assets after your death, you know, you're making that decision. So <clears throat> it's just important. Those are kind of the main the main things and then after that uh you just want to want to be sure that you articulate specifically who gets what how much of what um the, uh, how much of the asset that each person is going to get and how you want that tribute and that that's the main overarching things that you want in your, in your will so
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. gotcha and so and speaking you know because i know a lot of Times you know people are talking about wills being contested, and you name some of the factors that you have to have in a will. Can you also talk about like because I've seen situations where um, a will was contested because they said that the um, person that was the I the, no, they're not a grantor, but the person that was writing the will that wasn't their signature, mm-hmm. or um, you know it wasn't it didn't have enough uh, witnesses to the to the to the will. So can you speak to those like those kind of requirements and like how? Important they are.
2: Yeah, so in, in North Carolina, um, and again it may vary between states, mm-hmm. um, but in North Carolina, for a, a, a tested will, which is the most common will we use today, you know, you're required to have two witnesses and a, a notary mm-hmm. notarizing signatures. Okay. Um, and and so that I don't want to say makes it the way you can't contest mm-hmm. it because anybody can test anything, but that right. makes it a pretty presumptive that that person was the person who signed that, that will and articulated their wishes.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, um, there's also other types where you could do a handwritten will and an oral will. Um, you know, those are the kind of the less
0: common, right?
2: more ancient, if you will, types
0: of <laughs> will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: Um, but they are... They they are still used in some respects today. Um, Oral will generally can only be used if someone's on their deathbed,
3: right? Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and a handwritten will can be used, but it must be found in specific location it, with with their other belongings mm-hmm. and, and and paperwork and documents within their 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 home or you know
0: lockbox or something like that. Mm-hmm. And and the witnesses um, to a will should like um, can you speak to? If the witness to a will, like, say, the um, document is being drafted by an attorney, or, you know, sh- can the attorney be a witness? Like, can they sign as a witness? Or is somebody taking under the will? Can they be a witness? Right. So they must be disinterested. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. And what that means is they can, if someone is a beneficiary of the will, they cannot be a witness. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, same with the, the other types of wills as well. But So generally you want to have two people who have nothing to do with, with the will two people who don't even know the person drafting the will—the mm-hmm. uh, the testator is what we call them—the person who's, gonna, mm-hmm. you know, who, who, who's creating the will—you don't. You want those two witnesses to not even know that person, mm-hmm. so that they can just say they witnessed this person sign. Um, in North Carolina, you have to see them sign. Um, generally, it's been pre-COVID. It was you have to be in their line of sight is what they what they called it. Mm-hmm. So you know, being on video wasn't sufficient.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you've
2: had to be in basically in the same room as the person who was signing the will
1: okay
2: and, and then you also need to keep the or the, the original
1: mm, um, right,
3: right.
2: you keep the original um I generally tell people get a lock box,
3: mm-hmm.
2: make sure you are fire safe place your your will in that um or, you know a safety box at the bank uh, safety deposit box at the bank. you want to get somewhere it, it won't get damaged. And the, the personal representative or executor, which is the person who will um, open your estate, probate your estate after you pass, um, can access that, that will and,
1: and probate that for you. hmm hmm And so we talked about what can be in the will. And mm-hmm. I'm just going to go on a little personal. <laughs> I have a family member who, you know, despite the fact that I went to school for three years <laughs> and that this was on the bar, so I, I had to have known this, is is very uh, tied to the idea of putting things in their will, such as giving property with the caveat of never to be sold and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So talk, if you can, about what, like, like, clauses like that or what kind of things can you not kind of control within the will. So, right. So, like I said before, you can't disinherit your spouse, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can't. Uh,
2: place um the type of limit on uh, alienation of property on the will so you have to you know you can gift your the property to whoever you want
1: mm-hmm.
2: once they own it they own
1: it yeah
2: um you can gift it as a life estate to someone Ooh, okay. you can they can have it for the rest of their life mm-hmm. uh, but you can't forever uh state that uh, that property cannot be sold and must be kept in the family forever
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: you can articulate, hey, I want it to be gifted to this person. Mm-hmm. It must be defined people, I guess is where I mean. mm-hmm. You must be able to state the defined person that you're giving it to after such and such people. So you can say I'm giving it to um, Mary, and then if once Mary passes, then you can go to Bobby, and once Bobby passes, then can go to Charlie, and then once Charlie passes, then you can go to David, right? So mm-hmm. you have to have these defined people who are alive that you can pass it on to. Mm-hmm. You can't just blankly say that you're going to um keep it in the family forever mm-hmm. um and that's that's effect for any other any other assets because once those people
0: own that property
2: mm-hmm. um then they can do what they wish they wish with
0: mm-hmm hmm yeah Sorry, I went to the bar exam and it I started thinking about about the entirety. I know. I was like, no. That life estate. I hated it. I'm not gonna sleep tonight. Hated it. Um, so and then you were also earlier you were talking about um like trust and wills and being able to show what you want to protect it. Can you kind of talk about the difference between a will and a trust? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So a will is drafted for a person, um, it basically won't be coming effect until that person passes and that mm-hmm. will is probated, which means uh, the, the, someone brings that will to the county courthouse and hands it to the clerk and says, hey, I need to open an estate for this inju- individual. And once that will is accepted by the clerk and stamped, it's called probated and that's when the will becomes effective. Okay. And so, but it can't happen until that person passes. Mm-hmm. A trust, on the other hand, can be created during a person's life or after that person's life. And trust, you can place assets in it, again, during that person's life. And uh, and for the purpose, for multiple purposes, some are to be able to dictate how that property is transferred during your life. Um, it could be, you can use it to uh, shield from certain personal income taxes, Um. You know, you can use it to have a business, and it's, and decide the management, future management structure of said business, um and it allows you also to pass again assets through that trust for multiple generations, and it's not a public document. A right. will become once it's once it's once something filed with the court in a county, it's become a public document. A will, on the hand, is not a public document. It's, I mean, a trust
3: excuse me, mm-hmm. a trust
2: on is not a public document. So allow someone who who passes to have all their assets in this trust, and then when they when they when a will is is probated, the will may may just be what we call a pour over will, mm-hmm. which is basically you have whatever assets they may have forgotten to place in the trust are then mm-hmm. placed into the trust after death, mm-hmm. and, and and so but you don't know the assets of that of that person because it's in a trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, that's uh, that that that's the kind of the difference between the two. But a trust can be beneficial, uh, you know. There are two types of revocable and
3: irrevocable. Mm-hmm. And
2: there's tax differentials between the two and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But essentially, for a trust, it's a tri-party agreement. So three-party agreement between the grantor, the person who places the assets in the trust, the trustee, the person who manages the trust, and the beneficiary of said trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just you can't have the same person can't be all three because that's mm-hmm. really not a trust
0: <laughs> right right but um again like i said it allows you to
2: allow some flexibility with your assets and how you want to manage those assets and who you want to grant those assets to mm-hmm. um you know if your person has multiple rental homes you may want to put those in a trust mm-hmm. and then the trust manages those properties and then you receive the income whatever those whatever however much income you want to get from those on a monthly basis versus if they're all in your personal name you're required to get that income you know as it comes all of that income and so it's just a little different again there's some I'm generally speaking so there are various tax consequences
0: for right. all of this but mm, right. just generally that's common kind of the purpose mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. I, I never thought about using a trust that way you know as far as like moving assets around in it and for your own benefit while you're living like that's really um yeah I like that idea. Mm -hmm. I like that idea a lot. That's how the rich get richer. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You said it. Thank you. Okay. That's (laughs) fine. And so also when you were talking about like trust and when um, Lee was talking about what you can't leave in a will. So in a will you can't leave uh, um, money to a a minor child. So is that another reason that people create trust? Like your beneficiary needs to be the trust and the trust, you know, provides assets for the minor. Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely, yep, because, again, since a minor is, is not an adult, they can't legally contract, they can't right. legally own assets. And so the um, the trust is created for, for the child to hold those assets until that child becomes of age or mm-hmm. until they reach whatever requirement is in the trust language. So every trust has its own unique language, and sometimes you may say, hey, this child can't get the full benefit of this value of this trust until they reach the age of 25. Mm-hmm. Um, they can You can pay for their expenses and you know education and whatnot until such time. But when they turn 25, then you can release the full value to them. Mm-hmm. Or depending on the type of trust, it may just be once they turn 18, they can have everything.
3: Mm-hmm. So yeah.
2: it just depends. Um, but that's generally the purpose of a trust, especially for children. Um, generally, you'll see when people pass away with their um, if they don't have a will if they do have a will if, if they only have a minor children, that minor child is getting all their assets then a, a testament, testamentary trust will be created for them mm-hmm. um, uh to put those assets in and then you know quarter to sign a trustee to manage those
3: mm-hmm.
0: manage those assets mm-hmm. and then um, so when you were talking about um a trust and like you were saying a testamentary uh, trust will be created. So that's for an intestate person?
2: Correct, yeah. You can create one in your will, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, basically.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And the, for those of you who don't know, intestate means you've died
0: without a will. is <laughs> using the jargon here. Which is everything we don't want you to do. <laughs> right, we leave don't, it we don't like, want you to be intestate. <laughs> right,
1: right, 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 right. Sorry about
2: that, yes. <laughs> intestate is die without a will. Right. Testate is die
1: pass away with a will. Yes. Okay. So... <laughs> So, in terms of you know, we were talking about you know contesting is is one of the most common things. The lack of mental capacity, or mm. like how what is that? How does that process go when someone wants to contest a will?
2: Yes, I think uh, the lack of mental capacity is probably one of the most common things. Mm. Um, for contesting the will and essentially what it is is once that will is is filed
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know somebody finds out they didn't get what they thought they should have gotten and they go to the courthouse and say hey they file a complaint
3: or what we call it they contesting the will or mm-hmm. um, caveat proceedings is the, the legal terminology mm-hmm. caveat proceedings and so
2: they go and 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 file that and and say that hey this person gifted these documents but this shouldn't be allowed because they didn't have the right mental capacity. Mm-hmm. And I have a will from five years ago, which is what they truly wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And since that time, they've had diminished capacity and they should have been allowed to change
3: it.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be one one type. It, it could be a, a multitude of reasons, but right. that's probably the main type mm-hmm. um, of, of what is the reason for the contest
3: Yeah,
0: uh,
2: would be some type of diminished capacity.
0: mhm mm-hmm. And when when people are contesting diminished capacity, are they bringing in, like, medical experts? Or are they kind of just, like, are they bringing in, like, more so just being jaded and saying, oh, I know they love me. They couldn't have, uh, they didn't mean to leave me <laughs> yeah, like So it had to be something wrong with their mind. I would, I
2: would presume, and, and I haven't specifically had a, a, um, a situation where, you know, I've had somebody file a cat. Okay. Okay. one okay. Okay who are represented in the probate,
0: mm-hmm. but
2: I would presume that you would have to be able to prove mm-hmm. why you believe they had diminished capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, you, maybe you can find some type of medical record uh, mm-hmm. of some sort that you can show that states that since such time, they didn't have the proper medical capacity to make this decision. Mm-hmm. And if the will is dated at the time, maybe that creates that, that proper argument. Um,
3: mm-hmm.
2: You know, it could be you know multiple reasons. I know that um, if you look up, um, I'm trying to remember, it was Tom Benson who was the owner of the Saints um, had a similar such situation with his trust, mm. and he trans he changed names with his trust. He changed beneficiaries um, with his trust, and I don't want to go too deep. But he had irrevocable trust, and um, he changed from his. I think it was his granddaughter to his wife, certain assets. And so the granddaughter was contesting
3: that. Mm -hmm.
2: And I believe one of those reasons was his diminished capacity Mm -hmm. and and whatnot. Um, But generally, from what you hear publicly, that tends to be the main reason. Right, Mm right, right. You look up publicly from public people that you've heard of who've had, whose estates have had uh,
3: these type of proceedings, it's been the diminished capacity argument. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and also getting into like capacity, you know, mental capacity, ability to, you know, take care of assets, um, you know, it kind of brings in the power of attorney and the healthcare power of directives, right? Yeah. So, can you talk about the differences between those two and like when a person um, maybe should get a power of attorney if it's yeah, not, even it necessary? Yeah.
2: Um, so the power of attorney is 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 someone who makes decisions for you during your
0: life,
2: and mm-hmm. that's the same thing as. I like to think of it as the same thing as a personal representative for your estate. Mm-hmm. But since you're still alive, this is the same, same concept in that they're making decisions for you while you're alive. Um, and there's two types. So they can make healthcare decisions for you
3: while mm-hmm. you're alive,
2: or they can make financial decisions while you're alive. And so, um, financially you can limit their ability as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, those decisions and what I mean by that is let's say you close on a house and you need to you have to be out of town for work mm-hmm. um, and you need to grant a limited power of attorney for the sole purpose of signing your name on a document to, to close on a house because it's the only day it can happen then you can grant that doc. you can grant that as long as it's notarized signed by you it, it's, it's legal mm-hmm. or it can be a broad power of attorney where you state that this person has the ability to open bank accounts for me sell property on my behalf purchase property
3: mm-hmm. on my behalf get
2: a debt on my behalf you know, all those things you, it can be really broad so um it's a lot of flexibility in the in the in the power of attorney right. and then the healthcare same concept except it, it, it it's strictly for health care decisions so whether or not the doctor needs to make a decision, and you're not capable, then this person that you that you state is your private attorney can make that decision for you. Mm-hmm. Whether it's you know surgery related or medicine related or whatnot. hmm
0: hmm and, and then I, th- I think about like when you talk about the healthcare power of attorneys or health care directives and the power of attorneys in diminished capacity like we're also seeing a, a, i don't know again i think it's because you get older so you see things more than when you saw them am younger so yeah. um as you're getting older you know you're hearing about more cases of dementia alzheimer's and those kind of things but most of the times or the majority of the times in those situations is not always um an aggressive stage right it's, it's it starts out mild you know. Know, and it just increases in the stage so like can you talk to how you know suggesting to a person maybe that you you know you starting to see the signs but at that point in time they still have the ability to pay their bills or you know maybe they're starting to just forget to pay the bills and it's kind of in the early stages but getting those protections in place while they still have enough of their mental capacities that an attorney would feel good mm-hmm. making them sign the documents but you know long before it could be contested yeah right so I would say, from
2: a, the legal answer from the an attorney <laughs> perspective, is if you have
0: any any
2: doubt that that mm-hmm. person has limited capacity, you need to go, um, you know, get, I would say to cover yourself, CYA, yeah, right. <laughs> and get you know request you know a doctor's note that this person is of the proper uh, mental state mm-hmm. to 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 do this. Um, but it, as far as timing goes, I would recommend again, similar to wills, I, I would recommend doing it as early as possible mm-hmm. because here's you know, the thing once you turn it's, it's kind of the flip side from an asset perspective as it relates to the power of attorney because when you're a kid your, your parents can make decisions on your behalf right so you don't have to worry about it but once you turn 18 that goes away right so um you know it honestly probably would be a good idea to have someone um who can make who so you can decide who you want to make a decision on your behalf after you turn
0: 18 mm. um now when you're 18 you may not make the best decision of who you're gonna think is gonna right. be for it's always gonna be bad. So, right. But but I would say the earlier the better,
2: um and again, just like the will, you wanna review it and mm-hmm. that, that right. person you, you 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 stated is the proper person for that. Mm-hmm. But again I would uh I think the earlier the better mm-hmm. to state who you want And generally when you're married, um, you generally want your spouse to do it so mm-hmm. it's not an issue.
3: Mm-hmm. It's just
2: for those specifically for those people who aren't married, um, and, and, and aren't under the care already under the care of someone else.
3: Mm-hmm. Who would
2: who would you want to make these decisions for you? Who yeah. do you trust to do that and to
3: look out for your best interests. Because
2: mm-hmm. um, essentially they're acting as the
1: same thing as a trustee for mm-hmm. you, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, that's what they're doing. So you need someone who you can trust
1: who will do that for you. Mhm. And I know one of the things I've seen, because, you know, a lot of times people might leave their children in terms of, you know, being, I guess, in charge of their health care directive. Right. But if you have two children, for example, that might be an issue. So do you tend to, you know, advise your clients to choose one or, you know, three or how does that kind of process go? So I always
2: recommend at least odd numbers. Um, I try to get one Mm-hmm. But I say, look, you have to have want multiple odd uh, numbers and, mm-hmm. and let them, um, you know, vote it out. But I would recommend always one because I just think it's better for have a final decision mm-hmm. um, instead of uh, having, if you have even numbers and you split, what are y'all going to do? Right. Yeah. So to me, it's better to be able to have final decision. Mm-hmm. You know, if you trust your children, trust them and... Hopefully they all discuss it We mm-hmm. sit down and have the conversation and, and talk about it, but it's about making that final decision that you need to have somebody who can make the final decision. Uh, the other thing is you always, there's always going to be somebody in the family mm-hmm. who you either can't get in touch with or <laughs> they're they afraid of dealing with reality, yep. mm. right? And so that's not the person you need to be talking about making the final decision. Yeah. <laughs> waiting, for them, uh, waiting for them to give you a, a vote.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, right. So you, oh my gosh! You, you yes. have to be
2: able to make a final decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's very, it's, it's extremely important because if not, you know, doctors who's gonna make their,
1: they're gonna, mm-hmm. they have the duty to
2: make decision. They deem fit from a medical
1: perspective. hmm hmm mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So, and that, I don't know why, I guess speaking about children, it reminded me to ask something. So, when people, you know, a lot of times with wills, they might put who they want to be their child's guardian. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, in, in case mom or dad or maybe one is a widow or something. Do, does the person who is in, I guess, chi- in charge of the child's care, does that have to be the same person who's in charge of the money? Mm. No, it can be two different
2: people. Okay, okay. They can be, different
1: people. They can,
2: um, they can be two different people. Um, that's not, that's not an issue. Um, you can have a separate person to care for them, and a separate person who so you got to ask them to get the money from, mm-hmm. you know, and, and being a trustee, you know, it's a, it's a legal duty. Right. So, um, if, if you don't, if you don't do right by being a trustee, you know, there's,
0: there's potential criminal consequences mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, you cause know, you have to give an accounting of that money baked into that role mm-hmm. uh, so that that person doesn't, doesn't steal, right.
2: um, or, or mis, misappropriate those funds, yeah. mm-hmm. but but you can if you if you feel like it's more it's better for you and your child for that rule to be split that can happen.
0: Okay. And when things go to like probate, generally, how long does it take? And and the reason I'm asking that is one generally just so people understand, like it's not a quick process yeah. and then two how do you because you know when you were talking about trust and the way you can make money move within the trust um, earlier it made me think of that because you know as your probate is taking a long time so bills still have to be paid mortgages might still have to be paid car payments still have to be paid yeah. while this stuff is held up in probate so like how can how how does that work mm. so the, the, the probate process
2: you know it can go as, as l- slow I mean as quick as three months right mm-hmm. like, and then it can be open for years Mm. um at at least in 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 mecklenburg county here in north carolina Mm -hmm. three months it may be you know you may be able to have it at at shorter times in other other states or counties but you can um petition to get funds to pay bills and stuff as, Mm -hmm. as long as you articulate to the court you know what what some of the expenses are and whatnot um you know, and that, again, it depends if there's income coming into the to the estate, mm-hmm. um, all of those different things, um, you can get the, get that money, even though the estate is still open and it isn't closed. That just means that um, it being open just means that money is flowing in and out and you're waiting to finalize all of the, uh, this, this, uh, finalize, uh. Uh, settling all the assets within mm-hmm. the estate or disposing of those assets within the estate, but you have
0: access to the funds that have come through the estate. Okay. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. 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 You good,
0: Queen? Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. You know, honestly, what I was just sitting here thinking about, I was thinking about people that are, you know, hesitant to get a will mm-hmm. and hesitant, you know, to even go through the process and as we're sitting here talking about it, I, I know it's a daunting. Yeah. Right. And and they're like, well, if I got to go through all that, why even why I need to bother? Like, this is why I don't want to bother with the will. But mm-hmm. you, I mean, the, the process part of it, the timing part of it is going to happen either way. Mm-hmm. When there are assets, whether you choose to direct them or whether you choose not to direct them, the people that are left behind are going to have to deal with it when way or the other. Mm-hmm. By getting the wills, by getting the trust, you know, you're just taking a lot of that responsibility off of them and allowing them to actually be emotionally in that space that they need to be in. without having to think about all the business transactions and, yeah. you know, the court part of it is is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I was just sitting here thinking about I was just wanted to be like, don't get discouraged y'all. Like I know it's <laughs> a lot when you think about no, it. You're, but, you're right. You're yeah. right. And,
2: and, and and to that point, not just that, um, that also applies, I think, to the, to the health part too. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people, I tell them, you can decide today if for whatever reason you, you are, um, in a vegetable, becoming mm-hmm. a vegetative state mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or you're in a, in a situation where you're you're kept alive on other artificial means, um, you know, you can decide today how you
0: want right. that
2: to be handled
0: right. from a medical mm-hmm. perspective. Right.
2: So that your family members don't have to make that
0: decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
2: so that kinda goes along the lines of, you know, preparing for your for post life for your assets and how you want that transition, mm-hmm. but also during life, you know, what do you want to happen if right. you get into the hospital and this happens and it happens? Right. Mm-hmm. You, you can decide that today as well. So that's part of planning for your life and saying, Look, if this happened, this is what I want, don't don't do this, but mm-hmm. do this, do this, you know, all of that um is a is a part too.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's, I mean, that's a really, really hard decision to have to make, especially if there are multiple siblings involved. And they have, like, you wouldn't save mama, how dare you? Take take that all off of them. And be like, no, I don't want to be resuscitated. Hey, don't we pump it on my chest? Right, our you can say exactly so, what you want. Yeah.
1: And to, it's one of those things, you mm-hmm. don't have to make the decision several times. Like, right. I know with a will, you know, as your, if you have children, as life changes. Mm-hmm. But eventually it's something you review every couple years. Mm-hmm. I guess if you change your mind medically, but it's right. not something you have to think about constantly. It's kinda like you do it once, rip the band-aid. Right. And it's it's handled.
2: Absolutely. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna decide, yeah, well, you know, I thought about being kept alive on means I changed my mind. I I w you know, I mean you're not really gonna change
1: your mind on that. (laughs) Generally no. (laughs) Right.
0: That's funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, so we you are here. No, I don't. All right. Well, Lawrence, we appreciate you being here today, and we want you to tell the people where they can find yes, you yes. and your firm or on social media. or Get these estate you plans give your, in place. Right, your contact <laughs> info.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, Bowers Vincent, PLOC, we're in Charlotte, North Carolina, but we can represent throughout the state of North Carolina, mm-hmm. uh, we can be found at www.w as in Wooden, B. as in Bowers, V. as in Vinson, uh, lawlaw.com, that's www.wbvlaw.com. You can reach us at 704-665-5838, 704-665-5838, or info
1: at wbvlaw.com. All right, and we will, of course, have that information in our notes so you don't have to scribble real quick if you're (laughs) driving or doing something. Pay attention. So, all right. And we appreciate that. And we're going to have him stick with us for our Dear Diva Mm -hmm. segment. This is awesome. Yeah, Yeah. we like to get a male's perspective. Mm -hmm. So, if you have questions for us, you would like to possibly be read on an episode, you can email us at divaadvice at Mm gmail.com. That is D-I-V-A. A-D-V-I-C-E at gmail.com. And this episode's letter goes, Dear Divas, I've been dating my partner for over five years. I grew up seeing more traditional roles in the house, so I thought it was kind of romantic that he wanted to take care of the costs when we go out, pay bills, etc. The problem is whenever we disagree, he goes into a rant about all he does for me and has paid for and funded I do work, but I earn significantly less than my partner. I mostly save a little money and use the rest on random desires, such as my gym membership, shopping, etc. Desires, Mm honey. All in all, we are happy and healthy, and he's good to me. But I wanted to know how you all would go about breaking free financially without breaking up or hurting your partner's feelings. Signed, anonymous. Mm -hmm.
0: Oh, Lawrence, you know we're gonna let you take that first as our guest, and as a man. So (laughs) look at your perspective. Mm
2: So it seems to me, you know, he, 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 he swish it up on her and, and she, you know, he started off one way and mm-hmm. now he's going another way. And she just needs to change the dynamic on him and, and you know, articulate that and and, and and
0: state that, well, now you swish it up. You was happy. You wanted me like mm-hmm. this. And now you, mm-hmm. know, you want to do something different. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I definitely agree with him when he said to change the dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um because no one, man or woman, likes to have things thrown up in their face, especially right. during a time um, when is, you're, you're upset, right? Mm-hmm. So you're trying to make me feel small about everything that you're choosing and voluntarily doing yeah. um, during a time of peace, but then it becomes a negative thing whenever you get upset. So I do agree with him, change the dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, and And by starting with that, essentially right now, and it's going to sound ugly, but you are a kept woman. Oh. Um, you know, the, the money that you use, it it doesn't contribute to bills. It doesn't contribute to anything towards the household. You basically said it's, it's contributing to your upkeep for your body. So he's kind of taking care of everything. Mm-hmm. So if you want to change the dynamic and start having a voice and start having something, first I would say, you know, maybe figure out a way to start working around the house. Instead of at the gym, that can be 25 to 50 or more dollars that it can be freed up mm-hmm. and now start using that. Like you said, if you're doing Netflix, say, hey, I'll take care of the Netflix bill. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're going out to dinner, surprise him and pay for something. Um, so you know, just those small tweaks can start changing the dynamics of how he's seeing you. Because mm-hmm. at this point in time, he feels that that's a that's a sense of control. Mm-hmm. When a person is like throwing up in your face, all the only all reason you can kind of do this is because I'm paying for it. Right. So at some point in time, you know, you start exerting, mm-hmm. um, paying for things. And if you notice that this person is then saying, "Oh no," because when you try to when you try to pay for Netflix, he's telling you no. Or when you try to pay for a meal, at that point in time, you realize it's more control issue for him Mm -hmm. and that's a whole nother conversation but i would definitely say you know start trying to change the dynamic a little bit because he may be feeling without saying it that too much is on him and that too much of it is you know it's starting to feel more like a burden or huge obligation that he can't take care of but without saying that he just kind of lashes out Mm -hmm. you you never know um but it's something, it's something to consider. If you are working and you do have coins, you do have ducats to be able to do something, just kind of start switching how you're spending them or how you're thinking about it to be um, a bigger contributor to your household.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm going to be honest. This is a bit of a trigger for me, so I'm going to uh, <laughs> I'm gonna try to stay in line. Now, I, what I hear now is... You said all in all, you're happy and healthy. So I'm, n- I'm not going to tell you to break up with this man. But...
0: Break up, get us over together. My thought was...
1: <laughs> this sounds like... Honestly, financial abuse is a thing. And so to me... Mm-hmm. It it kind of teeters on that line of, okay, I feel overwhelmed, like Quick is saying, and I just don't know a, a healthy way to communicate that, and financial abuse. Because, again, you started this relationship doing that and taking care of things and, oh, I got it. And having that control, because let's be honest, if you're controlling the purse strings and you see all the time in, you know, domestic violence situations, part of the reason people can't leave is because they financially can't. So I I think that's why, you know, part of me is like, this is teetering the line of financial abuse just Mm -hmm. because he controls the purse strings. And then he wants you to know that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know. Part of this is, you know, my daddy raised me. Don't go anywhere. You can't afford to pay your part mm-hmm. if something happened. And always have $20 for a cab because at the time Uber wasn't there if you need one. Mm-hmm. So to that, I will say I do agree um, from that mindset. Get your own. God bless a child who has his own. Right. So you do say you had a little savings. So that's good. Good habits. Um and I do agree with the, you know, trying to cut certain things because, you know, right now your income is limited. You said you you earn significantly less, which isn't a problem, but just kind of reassess your budget and reassess what you have saved. Because, you know, regardless of who your partner is or where you are, you do want to have that financial autonomy to mm-hmm. do the things that you want to do. You don't want to have to ask someone, can I get my nails done? Like, how old are we? You know, mm-hmm. Um, so, I would say, like, really assess what your savings is, is looking like, what you can afford, what's necessary versus not. Because right now, again, COVID, where are we really going? What are right. we really doing? Right. So, you know, save that money where you can. And, you know, again, like I said, always have your own. We go out to eat. Just surprise. It doesn't have to be a conversation that, quote, hurts his feelings, right. although, you know, your feelings are your responsibility. But, okay, I'm going to let that go. <laughs> so, you know, just maybe, you know, when you go out to eat, yeah, just offer the pay. Like, you mm-hmm. know what? I got it. Don't even worry about it. It right. doesn't have to be a whole ordeal right. for you to just start asserting that. Um, mm-hmm. And if you, you know, wanting to stay in that and just kind of automatically start taking care of some things so that he really can no longer say that you don't pay for everything you know what I mean I hold my own as as well and you know as the economy improves I'm not sure if you're happy in your career but if you want to you know see if things are out there to put you in a better financial situation or if there's right now with COVID maybe trainings or things you can look into to increase your income potential so really just I would say short term kind of look at your budget look at things that you can cut and how you can you know do some things on your own and then long term create a plan to you know increase what's coming in so that you feel better about your own financial um, income and what you have going on so
0: absolutely it's funny your dad said that my mom my, I and my, my grandma used to say baby don't go nowhere you can't afford to leave it, okay <laughs>
1: listen we need to put that on a shirt <laughs> okay <laughs> we need to put on a shirt because I, listen I have yeah, uh, I that. Like that idea that's a
0: good one yes mm-hmm. yes 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 G Ma
1: all right, Diva. We hope everything goes well. Let us know. Um, and again, if you would like to hear our advice or have any questions for us, diva Advice at gmail.com. Diva advice. All right. Quick. Do you have any tips for
0: us? Yes. So um, kind of in line with what we were talking about today. Um, and if you heard the first episode, you know I'm a military kid. And so this is more a military adage. It's um, mm-hmm. the six P's prior performance prevents I mean prior planning prevents piss poor performance and so in that you know especially when talking about um, estate planning and stuff you know we personally in my life we have sat down with my mother Mm -hmm. and because my father does have diminished mental capacity so we have sat down with my mother and done the whole shebang Mm. and I don't understand why like Leandra said in the beginning You are going to die. It is a guarantee. It is. That you will pass away. And I have heard of situations where, you know, terminal cancer patients refuse to talk about these kind of things. Like, mm-hmm. you definitely know that you're going to pass away. So, why not sit down, mm-hmm. prevent the piss poor performance of what will happen afterwards with the children fighting, with the families fighting mm-hmm. in the time that they're trying to grieve? Yep. Sit down and have those conversations with your children, especially if they're coming to you mm-hmm. asking you to have those conversations and plan it out. That's a good time to say, Hey, guess what? Johnny's getting the uh, the the F one fifty, and you getting the, in the closet full of Jordans. Mm-hmm. So that's a you know just have those conversations because the tough conversations are going to have to happen. Mm-hmm. So you can choose to have them when everybody can sit down and actually negotiate for what they want, yeah. Or it can be done later in a very more contentious situation. So you know, anytime you can. Prepare ahead of time for things, especially when it comes to finances, Mm -hmm. and and prevent the the chaos later. Do it, especially when it comes to you know talking about the things that will happen after you're gone because it's inevitable. So you know if you could prevent it, go ahead. Okay.
1: All right. I would would also say Uh
2: that um, for for children, uh, adult children who are trying to get their older
3: parents to do it, you know. Mm -hmm.
2: Have, have a strategy of how you're going to work with your parents on it. Mm. Um, don't Definitely don't try to guilt trip them because, you know, all our parents are stubborn. Yeah. So
3: yeah. so You
2: you, you want to try to have a plan and a strategy. Maybe take, you know, one piece of, of, of information, try to get one piece of data, one piece of information at a time. You know, hey, where do you have these bank accounts? Uh, mm. You know, who, who, who owns this or uh, where is this? Every little bit. And then as you start gathering that, then you can come to them and say, hey, you know, slowly, have you thought about this? Right. Bringing them information. Have you thought about this? To slowly get their minds around them. Because some people it's just really just an anxiety.
3: Yeah. Thinking about
2: preparing this brings them anxiety. Yeah. You you have to try to utilize different ways to get them to, to that point. Yeah. Of accepting that they need to do
1: it. That is true.
2: Uh, so I would just say, try to have a plan, a strategy,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and, and
2: try to be creative. Especially
0: if you know your parents are real stubborn or something they don't want to discuss. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, or, the, the, or they're the worst of kind of like, oh, you trying to kill me off? You trying to knock me off? <laughs> like, oh, my God. I, I, oh, my God. <laughs> so We're just talking about the Buick, don't worry. Right. <laughs> we just... <laughs> <The> Buick. <laughs> so that will wrap up our show again. Thank you, Lawrence, for coming mm-hmm. on. Thank you, D&D fam, for tuning in. Yes. And Lisa.
1: Do you have anything? Um, hey, y'all, this was fun. have to do it again. Yes, oh, we we, uh, we could talk yes. about this forever. Ever. Listen, yeah. all kind of topics. <laughs> um, so actually, we do have a bit of an announcement. Yes. We uh, have been invited. We'll be doing a live webinar on September 23rd. Mm-hmm. Uh, this it will be brought to you by the Harambe Collective. You'll be learning more about them in our Boss base segment. Yes. But essentially, the Harambe Collective is a group of uh, minority women um, who are just trying to come together as creatives, business owners, and share the tools that, each of us may need or not even know of because that's mm-hmm. the thing. You don't know what you don't know. Right. And a lot of times one of us might have a tidbit that we could, you know, pay it forward. Mm-hmm. And so that group is committed to sharing knowledge, uplifting each other. And so we'll be doing a webinar I'm on so just excited! business items, yes, yes, yes. best practices. So yes, we will have that information um, on our Instagram mm-hmm. and Facebook very soon. And we hope you check us out. Yes. All right. In the meantime, Time. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook, Divas and Duckets, and our website is divasandduckets.com. Until next time,
0: have a great attitude. All right, bye.